0: hello beautiful people welcome to the down rabbit podcast from the bottom of the bunny hole i'm in my cave where i spend my nights when i get a thought stuck between my teeth did adnan kill hay what's red colt's real name is the innocence project sometimes lying about innocence and tonight it's russia and ukraine and the ghost of kiev when i was a kid i was afraid of three things getting kidnapped dying in quicksand and nuclear war with the Soviets. I spent most of my time in history class writing yes, no, maybe so love letters to Amanda Holter, so I've been cramming to catch up this month. And we'll start in World War I with California Senator Hiram Johnson saying, "'The first casualty when war comes is truth.'" Back in World War I, the US and Russians were allies together against the Germans. After the Great War, the Russians and Ukraine and others formed the Soviet Union, 1918. In World War II, the Soviets joined the US again, we defeated the Germans again, that was 1945. After that, the Soviet Union broke the number one rule of summer camp, don't get greedy, and they started to invade Eastern Europe, and in 1949, the United States helped form NATO to protect against the spread of communism. A decade later, the Soviets and the U.S. were in a Cold War, almost moving to a nuclear war with the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then they simply started flexing on each other with a space race to the moon, they got us in a brutal basketball upset, we came back and snatched their gold in hockey in Lake Placid in 1980 and then we boycotted their Olympics, and they boycotted our Olympics, and we weren't hugging this thing out. It wasn't all fun and miracles and moon landings along the way, as the Soviets gave weapons to support Vietnam in the 70s, and we got our getbacks by helping Afghanistan defend themselves when they were invaded. Amanda Holter dumped me on my birthday for Derek Bennett, and, psh, so I wasn't writing love letters and learned about President Gorbachev, who's a Soviet leader with a large red birthmark on his forehead that inspired Post Malone tattoos. Gorbachev instituted Perestroika to loosen the grip of communism in an attempt to stimulate their wobbly economy. I remember thinking I could bring blue jeans and toilet paper over to sell and get rich. It wasn't a fully developed plan. I was 12. The Soviets had a McDonald's in Moscow, more freedom, and they started to speak up. The government promised to be more transparent and more honest and that was put to the test when Chernobyl melted down and nuclear waste spread around. When the Soviets found out the truth about Chernobyl, they used their freedom of speech, they spoke up. The protests were too much, and the Soviet Union broke up into 15 pieces. After the breakup, the countries shared a Russian heritage, but were their own countries. You had Russia, Ukraine, Lithuania, and then the five stands and a few other countries. You had Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, Van Gundistan, Lithuania is worth noting here. They were cash strapped after the breakup, but they had an amazing basketball team. They wanted to go to the 1992 olympics that's the same one where jordan and bird and christian leitner were playing and so they were sponsored by the grateful dead grateful dead paid for everything got them got them jerseys and that's why they wore tie-dye uniforms when they played winning the bronze medal fast forward to 2000 when vladimir putin became russia's president putin grew up in a communal living situation with three other families he was a lawyer then he was in the kgb and then president He offered to help the United States after 9-11. He was Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2007. He was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, and he's an avid animal rights activist. And you might know him from the shirtless pic of him sitting on a horse with a dad bod. To understand how Putin went from being a respected leader to a villain, we have to look at 2008, when Ukraine and Georgia wanted to join NATO, but were given the promise they'd be let in later. NATO didn't want to poke Putin, but it didn't matter, Putin invaded Georgia and Russia now controls 20% of their land. As for Ukraine, there's a strong divide. Some identify as European, some identify as Russian. In 2014, a Putin-friendly president refused to sign a financial deal with the European Union. It set off a fiery protest in Kyiv, 13 police officers were killed, the president fled, and a new democratically elected president was elected who favored European tendencies. Not long after that election, Putin invaded Crimea, a whale-sized island critically located beneath Ukraine in the Black Sea. 14,000 died. There were some sanctions from the world, but most of us were unaware. In 2019, Volodymyr Zelensky was democratically elected as the president of Ukraine. He had a strong online platform, a strong anti-corruption message, but mostly he was a famous actor who was popular in both Russia and Ukraine. He was a Jewish guy who played the part of a teacher who accidentally became president when one of his political rants went viral. I tried to find some of his stand-up. It's irreverent. The cleanest line I could find was from a skit where he said, You want to go into politics? Drop your trousers. If the name sounds familiar, it's because President Trump was impeached over a quid pro quo phone call with Zelensky. Zelensky reached out, asked for help on behalf of the Ukraine to get some javelins to defend against Russia. Trump said, I've got a favor to ask you would you do this Hunter Biden investigation? Zelensky believed that he could bring peace with Putin. Putin called him a puppet of the East. Putin and Zelensky spoke of a peace deal. It didn't work out. Zelensky turned to NATO again, asked to join again, even through the end of 2021. Putin saw that as a threat to Russia and surrounded Ukraine on three sides with troops, making four demands. Putin wanted a guarantee that Ukraine would never join NATO. He wanted all NATO weapons out of Eastern Europe, and he wanted the parts of Ukraine that Russia had independently taken over to remain autonomous. It's March 2nd, 2022. I don't need to tell you that those demands were not met. Putin invaded Ukraine by land, air, and water to almost everyone's complete and utter shock. Most thought that he would do a small land grab like he did in Crimea, but instead he went in full-fledged and this has turned the world upside down. There've been a lot of other wars since World War II, but probably none with the nuclear potential for utter disaster that this one has, and very few that have played out on social media right before our eyes. President Biden was getting intel and releasing it as a hope to deter Putin from invading. They trusted their sources that said Putin was planning a crazy video where he was gonna have corpses and actors and have a fake conflict break out so it made it seem like Russia was being invaded by Ukraine and he was just responding to that conflict. Putin ignored the warnings and now Western Europe and the United States have imposed crippling sanctions against Russia. These affect their banks, it affects their trade, it affects their oligarchs. But at this point, Putin is still going forward. He's approaching Kiev, their capital, Kyiv, if you want to pronounce it that way, like I should have. Also, sometimes we say Ukraine and sometimes we say the Ukraine. We're supposed to say Ukraine. Important side note, Vitaly Klitschko is the mayor of Kyiv. He is a very famous boxer who had worldwide success, world champion, and now is taking up arms in the streets. Hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians have fled to Poland and other countries, but 80,000 have returned to fight. Men 18 to 60 are not allowed to leave the country. Some prisoners are being released and given a presidential pardon to fight. Guns are being distributed in the major cities and the news agencies are releasing details on how to make a moth tail cocktail to fight back. Since Ukraine is not a part of NATO, they are not sending troops in and instead sending weapons for defense. President Biden has said if the United States troops went over, shared one bullet with Russia, that would be the beginning of World War III and a nuclear catastrophe. The sanctions are complicated. They weaken Russia long term, but they could also impact the global economy. And for the U.S., it's going to raise gas prices, pop up inflation. And for many, that's going to be reflected on Biden heading into the midterms. The sanctions are also really complicated because much of the oil and gas in the world comes from Russia. Germany, especially is dependent, as they've tried to get away from dirty coal and oil and be dependent on natural gas, they have 55 percent of their resources right now coming from Russia. The first Nord Stream pipeline has been completed and is in use. The second one was just about done, and that one has been blocked. But first one is still operational. The sanctions haven't slowed Russia, but the Ukrainians have, especially the Ghost of Kyiv. A video has been circulating of a fighter pilot shooting down a Russian aircraft, and the word is this is the sixth attack that he has successfully made against their crafts. Other powerful images have emerged: President Zelensky in a uniform on the front lines children waving goodbye at a tank, a car over a bridge where a man blew himself up to destroy the Russians attempt to get across, another man carrying a landmine away smoking a cigarette into the woods, a woman walking up to soldiers giving them seeds and saying, put these in your pocket so that when you die sunflowers might grow from your bodies. And the powerful exchange on Snake Island, that's a place in the Black Sea, a Russian vessel approached, about 12 Ukrainian soldiers were there, the Russians told them they needed to surrender. And the Ukrainians got on the microphone and said, go make sweet love to yourself before they were killed. It's a brutal and amazing story. It's inspired millions. The problem is, it's not true. The men on Snake Island are alive. The ghost of Kyiv isn't true. It's hard to know what to believe. The first casualty of war is truth. The Russians are telling people that they're winning the war. Ukrainians are saying that they're pushing back the Russians as hard as anything. And all I know is that I don't know. The best worst comparison I can come up with would be if Texas decided to become its own country. Mike Tyson would be the mayor of Dallas. Jimmy Fallon would be the president and Joe Biden would say, this has become a threat to the rest of the United States. We have to go and take this area back. The Mexicans have come into Texas. They're pointing their missiles at the Kardashians and at Florida man. And we are unsafe. We're going across the border. We know your Facebook friends with these folks but we have to do this for our own good. In Texas, they would be saying, I'm not going back to the United States. I'm not going back to Starbucks and getting yelled at by Karen over there. We're gonna fight and we're gonna die for our country. Ukraine is asking for help. The UN is saying they don't wanna start World War III. Ukraine is saying World War III has already started. If you don't come and help us, the Russians are soon gonna be at your border. The response from the world has been almost completely for Ukraine. The World Cup has kicked Russia out of the competition in Qatar. Formula One has pulled the races out. NHL star Alex Ovechkin is begging for no more war. Sweden has finally taken sides. The hacker group Anonymous has shut down a government website and is pumping in Ukraine-favored television into Russia. And Pornhub has blocked users in Moscow. I'm not a reliable source of information. I'm a guy sitting at the bottom of the bunny hole, asking a lot of questions, listening to podcasts podcast on 1.5 speed, trying to pronounce Zelensky the right way. But there are some things that we need to answer to. Do we send in troops and risk World War III? Do we sit back and let Ukraine fall? Do we send in weapons and increase the number of Russians and Ukrainians that are slaughtered? The smart people are saying that because of the pandemic, the oil demand was low, so the oil supply is low and that's gonna make this hit even harder. It's worth noting that this is Putin's fifth war. He has made a reference to a nuclear response. It seems unlikely that it would come to that, but it was also unlikely that he was gonna invade Ukraine by land, air, and water. The fallout for Russia continues with varying degrees of sacrifice. The New Orleans Pelicans wore yellow socks. A national cat federation banned any Russian participation. And the Olympic Committee won't let the Russian Paralympic team compete in China. Which is ironic, because even though they're hosting the Winter Games, they are also hosting a genocide against the Uyghur people. Whataboutisms can be dirty and dangerous, but it's worth talking about how we have welcomed the Ukrainian refugees with open arms and wallets across Europe, compared to how we've treated refugees in the past. And as we're digging, it's probably worth mentioning that the LA Times has an article that says, our outrage at this war just shows how little we have cared about so many other wars in the past. A headline on the Russia Today website says this time the mouse kills the cat. I thought that was a weird headline for a country that just invaded Ukraine but the point is much larger than that. The U.S. is the cat and they see themselves as the mouse and they see this as part of a defense against a western movement against NATO and against their enemy the United States. That might seem crazy to us, but the people of Iraq, the people of Afghanistan, they might see that more along the same lines. I'm a know-it-all that doesn't know-it-all. I'm just down here in the bottom of the bunny hole asking the question, am I my brother's keeper? And what does that even mean? I am a perfectionist that is not perfect. I am a stumbler and a stutterer. And when you record your voice on a podcast, your sins will find you out. I'm trying to learn as much as I can about this war. Maybe it makes me feel like I've got some control where I don't. Maybe that's why so many of you like to try and figure out murder mysteries online. And to that end, we should probably talk about Adnan and Hay. Maybe about Red Colt. Maybe about Julius Jones. I think I said before, on the Innocence Project's website, there's a bold-faced lie. Or a typo, but probably a lie. So maybe we'll come back around, we'll do this again from the bottom of the bunny hole.